This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead with the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, we've got Kat Ashley on. Kat is a realtor with Caldwell Banker here in Austin, and she helps all sorts of people get started with real estate investing in the Austin area. Hey, Kat, how are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you doing? Awesome. So great to have you on, and I'm excited about what we've got in store here today. Before we get started, could you tell everybody what your favorite restaurant in Austin is? Okay, so my favorite restaurant is Uchi, U-C-H-I, mm -hmm. and I am curious if you've had this on the show before, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not a foodie by any means. I mm -hmm. am actually a vegetarian, oh, but wow. Uchi, I absolutely love because they have this amazing nine course tasting, um, tasting money just for vegetarians. Oh, and really? Yeah, the food is impeccable. I mean, I would never in a million years put most of these concoctions together. But um, if you're familiar with the restaurant, I think um, it was a well, well-known chef, Tyson Cole, uh, that actually started this restaurant and later branched out to Uchiku or Uchiko. Um, so just a fabulous place, especially if you're a vegetarian. But even if you're not, I mean, plenty of things to eat there. So. Oh, yeah, they've got amazing sushi. I did not know they had a vegetarian tasting menu. Um, yes, yes, and it's extensive. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to try that sometime. Um, yes. So for all of our audience, could you tell everybody who you are and how you're involved with real estate investing in the Austin area? Yes, absolutely. So I've been in the real estate world for about four years, and actually my first five transactions were immediately with an investor. So um, I kind of got my feet wet very early on in, in the real estate game. Uh, he was willing to kind of just take a chance on me and trust my judgment, knowing, by the way, that I was actually a newer realtor to the market. Um, we were looking at properties out in Laga Vista or Laga Vista, however you want to say it. Um, and yeah, he said, if I could help him with this first deal, the next several were going to be, you know, something that we would work with uh, together. And so I was able to successfully uh, close that out probably within 30 to 45 days. I don't really remember the timeline, but um, and even to this day, He's out in California, so he's out of state. But even to this day, we keep in contact and, uh, you know, we make sure we keep that dialogue open because, as you know, Austin's quite the market to be investing in. Yeah, it's so dynamic. And there's so many different ways that you can invest here in the Austin area. So was that property in Lago Vista, was that land or was that like a uh, real property? Okay, so it was land. Yeah, it was unimproved property. Um, actually, all of the deals were unimproved property. But oh, cool. you know, being being a first um, 
being a realtor who's just getting their feet wet in the game as a whole, um, it was actually fantastic experience um, because, you know, you have to start somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it out- actually helped me learn the process a little bit better. But then also I was able to further educate some of my clients further down the road on, you know, well, don't don't just think about, you know, looking into homes uh, rental possibilities, but think about land opportunities, lot opportunities as well. So mm-hmm. cool. That's awesome. So with those land deals, was he just buying and holding on to the land or was he have another purpose for it? Yeah. So, um, a lot of it was a buy and hold because out there, there was no, you know, builder restrictions, timelines, mm-hmm. things of that sort. Um, but then also sell on the selling side. So he had a couple, in fact, he still has a couple out there, um, that he's just really holding on to, um, mm-hmm. until, you know, he feels the time is right and possibly looking at, um, you know, just giving it to future generations as well. <clears throat> yeah. We actually sold a lot in Lago Vista, a small lot on a hill. It's all on a hill out there, it seems like. Um, <laughs> but they bought it for $4,000 in 2018. And in 2021, they sold it for $45,000. I believe it. I believe it. So he had some of those types of deals, mm-hmm. um, you know, and which I think is why he was willing to take a chance on me, to be honest. But um but yeah, it's it's incredible the amount of appreciation that some of these investors are finding. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think we're only going to continue to see more and more investors, even if they're just individuals. I'm starting to work with um, quite a few of my clients to form these LLCs mm-hmm. um, with their families or friends or colleagues, whatever that picture looks like for that individual in order to afford more. Um, and get their hands on some of the larger parcels out there for investment opportunities. Awesome. So it, but the places they can buy and hold and sell in a few years and make a profit. So yeah, I know that's a big question a lot of people have is, where do I do stuff like that? Do you have any areas in mind where you think there's higher appreciation likelihood? Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here. And I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing, and I'd be able to help more people. Thanks, guys. Yeah, so, you know, I have always strategized with what's the next up-and-coming area. Mm -hmm. Um, I did that with my personal residence, um, but Mm -hmm. then... Also, you know, from an investor perspective, one of the things I like to look at, it sounds kind of weird, but the roadways, and I'm not talking like off of 35, right? Mm -hmm. I'm talking, you know, those, those major roadways. If you kind of zoom out of Texas and you're looking at the major intersections that are going from north, south, and east and west, you know, what are those little towns looking like right now? Mm -hmm. Um, Do they have the potential to kind of blow up based on proximity or drive time to Mm -hmm. the Dallas or the San Antonio or Austin areas? Um, Now, a lot of proposed projects. So, for example, you may um, already know this, but um, they're talking about a potential airport. They're talking about a Venice meets Disneyland meets Vegas resort. Did you hear mm-hmm. about this part? Yeah, in Southeast Austin, over by yeah. Tesla and the airport. Yeah, and so, but 
you know, my strategy to my clients is kind of going a little bit further out from there, right? Mm -hmm. And buying bigger pieces of land and if if they can afford that and kind of just sit on it. You know, mm -hmm. the project may go through or it may not, but that may be a gamble that you should think about taking mm -hmm. um, if, if, you know, if your budget allows, right? Mm -hmm. um, so things like that. And, um, you know, even with the major roadways, where are those expansion opportunities? So when I had first moved to Austin, it was back, oh gosh, I don't even remember the year, um, probably 2017, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember driving up North 183 and there was like nothing, right? You yeah. go to Cedar Park and then it was like, where am I? Even mm -hmm. Ronald Reagan was the same thing. And I remember taking a drive down there and I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be something because everything just suddenly stops after Cedar Park, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I, I took a drive down 29. And just the way it was kind of set up, it reminded me of what 620 was at that time. We all know 620 is a bear, right? Mm -hmm. But you have every major convenience. You have fantastic communities. You have commercial buildings, offices. And so I actually could envision 29 as the next 620. Mm -hmm. And so here we are, like fast forward, you know, a few years later, and all of a sudden, six, um, sorry, 29 is just blowing up with major franchises. 183 has expanded now past, you know, over 29. So these are the types of things that I I look for and I think um, has certainly helped in my success in finding not only primary residents, um, but then also, you know, investments as well. Awesome. And and on the primary residence note, I know when we we were talking before we got started here, you said with your primary residences, you've done something similar. So could you explain what you've done to turn your primary residences really into investments here? Yeah, so um, I definitely always go a little bit further out than mm -hmm. where everything seems to be a convenience, right? Um, if you don't, if you don't have like kids that you have to send to school, and you know you're not necessarily commuting somewhere for work, that sort of stuff, mm -hmm. I, I more often than not would encourage people to do what I have done, which is go to that next town that looks like it still has a. a like a quaint downtown area. It's probably a little bit dead, right? And then kind of like zoom yourself out of that area a few different, uh, a few miles. And um, you're likely going to find some good parcels of land or maybe even like a new community that seems to be in Podunk, right? So I, I did that um, not only, I lived in Illinois, moved to Nashville, did it in Nashville, and then again here in, uh, Liberty Hill, Texas. Oh, cool. Yeah. And the communities like that in Austin could be something like, you know, Kyle and Bastrop and Liberty mm -hmm. Hill, like you're talking about 183s just growing like crazy out there. And someday they'll be done with that highway expansion. <laughs> sure yeah. yeah. That. Someday, someday. Yeah. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. But yeah, I mean, and there's so many more that I think are up and coming, like Florence. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's gonna be another big one here. Um not far in the future. That's awesome. So uh, what got you started with real estate, Kat? What attracted you to it? 
Um, so really what kind of got me interested, I have to be honest, it was those HGTV shows. <laughs> so when I was in when I was in high school, I remember like going to um, you know, going to figure out, okay, what's my degree gonna be in college? And I remember I go to my parents and I was like, you know, I really love like HGTV. I feel like real estate's kind of my thing. And my parents came from a very traditional corporate background and they're like, sweetheart, you know, you kind of have to like find something to fall back on. And so I had to go, you know, get my degree. And then I ended up in a corporate environment for about 15 years. But um, in hindsight, it was all very relevant to where I am today. Right. So even though I wasn't doing real estate back then, it actually prepared me very well, in my opinion, because I understand the importance of not only communication, but how do you run a business? Like, what does the operations and the internal processes and systems look like? Right. And so, um, so that's how I ultimately got started, um, you know, with the idea of real estate. But when I moved here to Austin, I had left, got up and left Nashville, and um, I had a corporate career over, um, the headquarters was over in London, so I was going back and forth, which was oh. a fantastic opportunity, um, and I was like, you know what, now's the time, like, I've had this great experience, I am just going to make the plunge, and let me tell you, my first year, I made less than $10,000 in commissions, wow. and I was like, Oh my God, what have, what have I done? Yeah. Right. It's like, I don't even know where to go from here, but, um, you know, I stuck with it and put my systems and processes in place and just net networked and networked and finally got to where I am. Probably so. made a lot of phone calls. Um, you know what? I have to be honest. I'm not a big phone call person. Really? Yeah. And here's why I don't think I come across very authentic. And I know that works, by the way, I know that works for so many people. Like mm -hmm. they're super successful with those phone calls, but mine was like, my jam has always been like open houses. Yeah. Like I open houses are my jam. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so from the investor perspective, um, like I may have mentioned before, you know, it's usually I work with these buyers who are looking um, for their primary residence. And then I just, through education and through just tons of information over time, I'm able to convert them to kind of take that dive or that leap into the investment world for the first time ever. That's really cool. So you, you just did a bunch of open houses and built your business to make $10,000 the first year to do it, doing really well these next years after this. Um, so is there a big mistake that you've seen investors make that you think that you want to tell other people about? Like, hey, so don't do this, something like that. Have you wanted to be part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but just haven't hit that millionaire status yet? Well, now you can, not even being a millionaire, by joining our new program, GoBundance Emerge. My name's Jamie Gruber, creator of GoBundance Emerge and member of the GoBundance community. And now you can join GoBundance.com slash Emerge, GoBundance.com slash Emerge. Use code Jordan for $100 off this 12-week goal-setting program and mastermind that'll propel you to being a whole-life millionaire. Um, so in my opinion, don't always just, 
you know, try to fit yourself in the mold of what a traditional investor may look like, right? Mm -hmm. Don't always just think, well, I don't have enough money or, you know, this is going to be my first investment. So maybe I should like only invest, I don't know, in a lot or something, right? That's worth 50,000. Like, Mm -hmm. don't be scared to take that leap because if your gut is telling you at some point, you know, like, hey, this is the time, this is the time to do it. Um, There's always going to be, depending on your long-term game, right? Your portfolio, your long-term game. Is it a short-term hold? Is it, you know, a quick turnaround? Um, You know, just really don't be afraid to kind of take that leap and um, really just invest in something that you believe in. Like, just because a lot of your other friends who are investors aren't doing a rental home in this brand new community doesn't mean that it's not a good investment, right? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I think getting caught up in hearing what other people are doing versus um, you know, what what you could be doing is important to understand. Yeah. Just stay true to yourself really and yeah. and follow your follow your gut. This yeah. kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, so if you had to start over today as a realtor, would you do anything differently? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I'd, make, I'd make more money the first year? No. Oh, well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, if I were to start over, I, I can't really say no, I, I can't really say I would. And here's why. Because I believe that even that struggle in that first year really teaches you something. It taught me to drive forward with the passion and um, the persistence, right? Even if I didn't see the return right away, um, you know, it's still possible. As long as you just keep grinding at it, keep going, there's a lesson in everything to be learned, right? And so did I make mistakes along the way? Did I not follow up maybe as much as I should have? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, right? But that's also those learning um, those learning curves as are really what propels an entrepreneur forward in their career. So I don't, I don't know that I have any regrets like that um, because I, I try to stay very optimistic that everything happens for a reason, you know? And so that's, that's what we should be focused on. Yeah. I, I really love that you said every, you know, you got to take that stuff and use it as learning lessons and everything happens for a reason. Uh, when I'm talking to our team about, you know, things to do. I, I if almost all the time have an example of why you should do it because how, why I didn't do it and how it worked out. Like mm-hmm. I didn't make those follow-up calls. You know, I didn't do enough open houses or I, I just didn't do this or didn't do that. And this is how it worked out poorly because I didn't do those things. But it, now I can use that as lessons for other people. Like, hey, here are all the mistakes that I've made. Yeah. <laughs> Here's how you cannot make those same mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Here's exactly why. So yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. And it's awesome to be able to use shortcomings or mistakes as learning lessons and just get better over time. Yeah. And think about it. What was it? What do they say? Albert Al- Albert Einstein. He had, I forget how many, but he had like, let's just say 99 
99 attempts to the whole light bulb idea, but it wasn't until the hundredth, but those mm-hmm. aren't the real numbers, by the way, but it was something astronomical and you don't hear about those other failures, right? You only hear about the one time he happened to actually get a success out of it, but the journey to get there, you never hear about, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, or like even SpaceX. I think they tried to yeah. launch a rocket seven times or something. Like the seventh time it got off the ground and went up in the air. But the first six times it exploded. Yeah, <laughs> and think about think about the energy and the work that had to go into those previous six times, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody really hears about that, but um, there was a grind. So, and that's just the important thing, for, I think, for everyone to take away is that even if, even if you could have, would have done something differently, like don't focus on that. Focus on propelling forward, figuring out what the solution is and how you can change it. You know, um, I think that'll only help anybody. Yeah. No, that's a great mindset. You know, just keep, keep figuring out how you can do better and move forward. Um, Kat, what, what's next for you? What are your long-term goals and what's your, your vision for yourself in real estate investing? Yeah. So I'm really excited this, this year, 2023, um, I'm going to get my hands dirty with my first flip. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm, I was actually at Lowe's earlier today trying to get my, give myself some ideas and like some price points. What am I looking at here? You know? Um, but yeah, so first flip, coming up in 2023. And then of course, I also want to start acquiring um, maybe not big land deals, but definitely some lots. There's some amazing opportunities in some of these areas that are are just on the brink of some major growth. So um, I don't know if you know, do you know where Whitewater Springs is? I do not know. Okay. So it's kind of back there, which is why I actually really like it. Um, but it's kind of outside of Liberty Hill downtown area and Lago Vista. And so way back there, beautiful scenery, like hill country views, the Balconies uh, Preserve surrounds this entire community. So it'll never be built on with just like some of these hills, you can get almost like a two acre lot sitting at the top of the hill with these views surrounding them. Like that's incredible opportunity right there. Yeah. Yeah. And so things like that is what, um, you know, I'm kind of in on the hunt for right now to start investing in, Um, you know, for some people, you know, lots seems so simple and, you know, not really a big deal, but I just know the opportunities that I think are there because of the surrounding nature um, of, you know, to never be built on with the balconies preserve. It's like, are you kidding me right now? So yeah, it's things like that. I'm kind of on the hunt for right now. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I've not been out there. I was just in Lago Vista the other day and the, the, the lots with the view are just so much more valuable and and you're, you're not going to be able to, again, they're not building any more land type of deal, but the ones with the view are just so amazing compared to the ones that are kind of down in the ditch or in the valley and mm-hmm. don't have anything like that. So that's yeah. a really, really cool thing to look for. Jordan Moorhead here. Really quickly, wanted to tell you a couple other ways you can keep track of us. 
If you want to listen to all these podcasts and ask questions, the Moorhead team on YouTube is the best place to be. And then Austin Real Estate Investors on Meetup is a great place to keep track of all of our meetups we have going on. Well, get it while you can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Because once it's gone, it's gone. And you're not going to recreate that anywhere else. So there's a very, very limited amount of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kat, do you have a favorite business or mindset book that you like to recommend to people? Okay, so I'm kind of a nerd this way, but nice. I, I don't I can't say that I have a favorite mm-hmm. because I feel like every time I start a new book, it becomes my favorite, right? Oh yeah. Um, but like love him or hate him, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not going political by the way, but back in 2007, there was a book that came out. It was called Think Big and Kick. I can't say it, but booty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That was by Donald Trump. And um, the reason I liked it is just, it was a very forward book. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you, everyone knows his personality. And this was when, do you remember the show? I think it was on NBC called The Apprentice. I do, but I never watched it actually. Or I think maybe I watched one or two. Okay. Oh, let me tell you, <laughs> I loved that show. Yeah. Now I was too young and you know, there was no way I could ever get on that show, but, um, I mean, I just loved everything about it. It was like these people who were extremely business savvy. They were competing against each other to basically, um, work for Donald Trump at that time. And so this whole book, he does interview, um, a couple of those people that were on that show, which I happen to love because anything about business, really, like I'm game. Mm -hmm. I don't really read any other books other than business books, which is kind of weird. I know. But, um, so, you know, he really just kind of talked about how you need to think bigger in life, right? Mm -hmm. You need to like go after whatever you want, but you need to do it assertively, right? Mm -hmm. Don't just like half, you know, um, half attempt it, have to make sure I don't swear here. Sure. So, <laughs> um, you know, but you know, really make sure you go forward with passion and drive every single day. And so um, I really like that. But right now, what I'm into, it's called Business is Personal. It's by Bethany Frankel. And mm-hmm. she's a she's a very successful entrepreneur. And she is um You know, one of the things that I admire about this book is that she too just kind of gives it to you very in a very forward fashion. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it was like her second chapter or something. It talked about you need to be true to you. She had this problem with social media and how, you know, social media is so like about people taking pictures of their food. Look where I'm at here. I'm on vacation. And I have to be honest, like I completely relate to that mindset because I'm like, I don't, I don't really understand. Like even when Facebook was a thing, I existed, but I was just like, I don't, I don't get this. Right. But she talks about making that mind shift adjustment and really kind of getting yourself out there, even though you're going to use that platform for business, there's a way in which you can do it that's not as formal. And so once you make that mind shift adjustment, um, things kind of come together by using social media, but still being authentic to your true self. So yeah, that's an awesome 
piece of advice there too, because people don't want to just see business things on social media, but when you can put a lot of business on there and then still be true to yourself, it really resonates with people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, so that's what I'm in the middle of right now. Cool. So business is personable and, uh, thick, think big and, and kick, kick assets, let's say. Yeah. Um, hey, okay. That's a much better way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, I've read that book. It is a good book. Um, yeah. Kat, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you? So if they want to learn more about you, if they want to talk about land deals, you know, investing in Austin, stuff like that, what's the best way they can follow you or get a hold of you? Yeah. So my Instagram handle is Kat Sells TX, K A T Sells TX. Nice. And, and my website is Texas Realty Collection Group.com, or they can just pick up the phone and call me. At 512-484-0243. Awesome. And we'll have all that in the show notes for everybody too. So again, at CatSellsTX on Instagram. I'm at Jordan Moorhead on Instagram. Um, at Jordan underscore Moorhead on Instagram. Uh, make sure to follow both me and Cat. We would love to talk to you about real estate in the Austin area. And if you're looking to buy land, and want to know where the best land deals are, definitely reach out to Kat. All right. Thank you. We will talk here soon, Kat. Okay. Thanks, Jordan.